Welcome to the Fit in 42 Life Podcast. Fitness, lifestyle, community, and getting better every day. Welcome back to the Fit in 42 Life Podcast. I'm Jerry Washak. I'm here with Ryan McMillan. Ryan, happy new year, man. Happy new year, Jerry. Happy new year, 42 universe. Here we are. Happy new year, 2024. Sounds futuristic, huh? Sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I was just listening. To, I was listening somewhere where they were talking about, um, you know, like Terminator, like how crazy that movie was back in the day <laughs> like, and how like how like uh, realistic it is today and how like not not too out of this world, like all that stuff's coming true. That's you what they say, like they like science fiction is now like science fact. Yeah, all yeah. that stuff is. Yeah. Coming true. All those books people used to write and like, it's like all the, all those people are just been working and all the creators, all the inventors have been working on making that become reality, you know, and now it's really like here with all this futuristic stuff, but yeah. it's fun. I love it. Yeah. We I, love the, I love the ma- madness and the, it's just a, such a fast evolution, like the last 20 years, you know, Dude, there's um so right along the AI topic, I don't know if you saw this, but, um, this, uh, I'm, t- I'm going to make this long story really short, but there was, uh, like a, a bunch of, uh, college professors got called out a couple weeks ago for a, a testimony on in, in Congress and some of them got fired, but one of them, no, uh, one resigned afterwards and kind of forced to resign. And then the one from Harvard, she didn't resign. And so like Harvard was standing behind her, which whatever, whatever your opinion is on it. But there was a lot of people that were upset about it. And what they did was they used AI to see, okay, you're a Harvard president. Let's see um, if you ever plagiarized any of your, like, serious papers you had to write. Dude, they found, like, from using AI, they found, like, 20 of her papers, a lot of plagiarism. (laughs) She had to resign. And now the same, like, people behind that, they're going after some other... Uh, college professors say okay you talk like you're the like you're the holier than thou and like you're the like you do no wrong let's just see all your work and so they're going they're using ai to just compare works i don't know exactly how they're doing it but you know we've used ai and we know how lightning fast it is so now ai is able to say wow these two works they share this many words. Mm-hmm. They share these spelling errors. They share this. And there, there's actually, I, I know we have some teachers that listen to this. There's actually uh, papers, like a, a paper, like a, like an app they can put their students' work through that could see if it was like uh, created by AI. So they can, like, there's an AI detector. That's what it's called. So teachers are already aware of it. And now all these old school, like, intellectuals <laughs> are like, oh, shit. <laughs> Life's getting so weird, they, man. Their whole so, career. Dude, so they right? thought they were at home free. And like, yeah, you know, but. That's crazy. Who knew AI would be used for this? Dang. I'm so sure so much more. Just scanning everybody's reports, yeah. all yeah. their research, crazy. all their, everything they've ever yeah. accomplished. Yeah. And, you know, back in the day, who's going to catch them? Exactly. Like, how would you know? Like, how would you know? But now everything's online. It's just like, it's lightning fast. Oh, boy. Fireworks are coming. Here we go. Fireworks are coming for these these intellectuals. (laughs) Sorry, guys. We're just gym dudes. So, uh, (laughs) dude, so... um, Let's talk about our New Year, uh, New Year's resolutions. So, mine, mine's... 
Mine was to walk 10,000, average 10,000 a day uh, for the whole year. I'm, I'm crushing that right now. I'm almost at 11,000. This is the 8th of January, so good there. Mine was a rip on the guitar and um, two, no, three ice baths a week and um, go back to jujitsu twice a week. Not doing any of those yet. So those three, <laughs> jujitsu, ice baths, and guitar, I haven't even started yet. So I'm using this as my accountability. And also what I wanted to say was I kind of had to do some thinking. Like, all right, I got one I'm doing good at, my walking, and the other three I'm not. So why is that? And so after reflection and talking to Ryan just before this, I was like, you know what? Those walking I was already doing. I did it for the whole last couple of years. I, I really just said, this is what I'm going to do every morning. And so I was getting my, last year I got 9,000 steps a day. So now to get 10,000, now just more, I'm more aware of it and I'm just getting it done. So it's not like much of a lifestyle change to me, but just carve out time for guitar to go to the ice bath place and to start jujitsu. I got to create new habits for that. I had to like alter an existing habit for the walking. So now I'm, I'm, I'm thinking out loud. I'm like, this is going to take more work for me. And I just wanted to let you guys know what's in my head and what, the way I'm approaching it and the way I'm, I'm eight days in, and I'm still Oh, for eight on those three items. And so like, just where I'm at. And I'm going to, I'm going to update you when I, st when I start rocking and rolling because it helps to have accountability. That's why, that's why we're in business with all of our studios. Right. So, see, I think that's like, it's a key guys. Like to like, imagine a lot of people say they didn't start the first week in like already doing it. They would have gave up like, Oh, oh yeah. well, I already failed or whatever. So who cares? That's like most people's mindset, but that's not the approach. It's like slowly implement it. It's a lifestyle change, you know, so you might have to slowly incorporate things throughout the first couple of weeks or even the first month or two to in order to get the flow in this new lifestyle that you're trying to formulate, you know, so be patient with your guys's goals and in the implementation of new habits and stuff and just do one thing at a time and slowly incorporate. Right. I'm having fun with my New Year's uh, habits and goals and stuff as well. The last well, 2022, I did like fashion. So that was like something <laughs> I worked on. Remember that, Jer? Dude. dude. Uh, what was right? his name? Alex Costa. Alex. See, nice. there's a YouTuber I like, Alex Costa. He's still my guy. I watch his yeah. stuff pretty frequently. Yeah. And that helped me a lot. Just kind of up my my game, you know, all around. And I was like, I had fun. I still have fun with it. That's So that's a habit I picked up. Then nice. 2023, I was really focused on like optimization of my time and life and you know, my calendar and time management and all kinds of stuff like that. So I guess that one was, that one was more work related, you know, but I really wanted to kind of tighten my stuff up because kind of my life changed a little bit that year as far as like, uh, businesses and management and the things I had to do. So I really had to tighten up. And then that personal was like tracking my habits, really like seeing my, my routines and my lifestyle and all that. So that's something I worked on in this year, 2024, we threw some fun ones in there. So I am reading fiction books, you know, started reading. So Jer kind of got me thinking and I was like, heck yeah, that's kind of sounds fun. Why not? You know, it's time to open up the brain a little bit and consume more stuff. And then the other fun one was karaoke. And I've actually, I did like three hours. So I track my hours <laughs> on my phone 
you know, to see how much hours I put into it because it helps me stay accountable. So the, the karaoke or the reading? The karaoke. Okay. So on that one, I'm really tracking it. Every single time I do it, I'll track the time and I'll put it in there because I want to see how many hours I put in. Because I'm like, if I put like 100 hours in, I'm going to be pretty good at karaoke, you know. <laughs> if I put 1,000 in, I'm going to be smoking everybody. If I, hey guys, if I get to like 10,000 I might just retire and become a rock star. Like that's really yeah. my what happened. You I'll know? be a guitarist. There we go. So Jared's going. <laughs> we're just going to have a band. So if anyone wants to join the band, uh, right? What's <laughs> what's your top two go to songs? Karaoke. All right. So number one, I could smash the Pokemon theme song. <laughs> so that one does it have words? Yeah, it does. <laughs> I want to be the very best. Like no. <laughs> yes. Dude, got that one on lock nice. all the way through. Nice. And then, so that one's an easy go-to fun one, you know, and any Beatles song I could smoke the Beatles, you know, nice. and I've been like, so I'm starting off cause I, I kind of don't, my voice, there's certain genres I could hit pretty well, mm -hmm. but I do want to open it up. But right now I'm starting out slow. So the Beatles, they don't have the best voices. So I could kind of mimic theirs a little bit. Even Bob Dylan, I could kind of mimic. Um, so hey. I'm like, even 90s. Hey, <laughs> yeah. Bob Dylan. <laughs> like 90s, uh, 90s country I've been into. Uh, so that's kind of how I'm starting yeah. off. It's kind of like very like calmer, but more raspy voices and stuff. I'm like, I could kind of nail that. But the goal is to like kind of like, and then it's crazy because my throat was sore. I was like, dude, this takes work. I was like more impressed by singers too, because I'm like, dude, <laughs> oh, to dude. do a concert, that's oh, insane. Shit, dude. They're in they're in a they're in a unique shape. You know, they gotta move and sing the whole time. That's so so even more sure. respect to those performers, yeah. like holy crap, because I can't even just sit on the couch and sing, you know? It's yeah. like, but then I'm gonna open it up, you know, and see what happens over the course of time. But that's what I've been doing. And then it's cool because like at least like I'll do it just on like and then it's fun because I'll do it like randomly, like on like a Wednesday night. Right. And it's cool because it kind of like takes your mind away from all kinds of other stuff. But then like Elise will jump in there, sing some songs. Dulce will sing some songs. So then we're all like singing for a couple hours. And so we're like exploring music together. And, and then like our Spotify's changed. So throughout the week, it's like we're listening to the music. We were actually karaoke <laughs> to, you know. And then when I'm listening to Spotify, I'm thinking, oh, man, that's a good song right there. I'm going to karaoke you, that song. What if you started a family band? That would be awesome. <laughs> what, is, uh, what's, what does Dulce sing? Do you remember a song she sang? <laughs> She'll go. She she sings a lot of uh, the, some Spanish songs. I thought so. I had so like she does. She does really good with the Spanish songs. She'll, she'll, she'll even go. She'll take Hail Marys and go for like Adele. Whoa. Oh, yeah, dude. She'll wow. go for the Adele one. She just goes kind of straight brave, to it. Dude. Yeah. I'm like, I can't hit those notes yet, you know, but she, and it's funny. She's actually kind of a good rapper too. Like the oh, very yeah. fast one, she yeah. kind of keeps up with pretty well as but well. Like Black Beetle. <laughs> <laughs> Shanice raps Black Beetle really dude. good. She's a rapper too. Dude, you got to get a karaoke yeah. for this. You know, we're definitely going to do it. Definitely. Dude, I think you guys would kill it. Oh yeah. Then we'll go to a karaoke bar. Oh, hell stuff. yeah. Um, <laughs> and one... <laughs> Tell everyone the book you're reading too right oh, now. Oh, Fifty Shades of Grey, guys. <laughs> I told you. Honestly, it's so good. Like, it, it's like way too good. I'm like, this, it's pretty intense. So like, I've never read. All the girls listening right now, they go, mm-hmm. They're like, they know. So I looked up the top selling like uh, fiction books of all time and Fifty Shades of Grey is up there. So I know so many people have read it, you know, and it's pretty, it's cool because like, I realize how detailed these books are, like how graphic they are. Like they're really well written, Yeah. but like, yeah. 
I'm like, this guy, Christian Gray, might be my new hero. You know, I'm like, this dude is freaking I don't, I only know surface details. I only know what, the, what I believe. But, oh, fuck. Man, I only know very surface stuff about that book. But uh, I know that so many people love it and it's super popular. So I'm excited how it's going to impact your life moving forward. Right? It's already making an impact. I'm like, oh, this is, this is wild. This is cra- crazy with this, how this guy operates, you know? I think one thing, it's like, obviously you're seeing what... Obviously, it's a very popular book amongst like the female demographic women, right? So it's kind of interesting to be able to like kind of enter their world and see what they're looking at here and what they're consuming. And I'm like, it's intense, though. Like, I really I didn't think I was going to enjoy these books as much, but I'm like, I'm really seeing how well written it is, the details of it and like how well they explain things. You feel like you're a part of it. Like you could visually yeah. see it and yeah. it's like, you could see the movie unfolding and you get like tied to these characters. Like, Oh my gosh, these guys are really interesting, you know? So like, I'm enjoying it a lot actually more than I thought I was going to enjoy. Yeah, man. Books, books. There's something a lot of people love books more than they love the movie. They're like mm. when that was, I don't know. I guess you'll have to let me know if you mm. watch the movie after, but most people, feel like because like when you're reading you're like deep in this world of your imagination of like what they're painting up with these words and so anyway super cool stuff man that's awesome um fit and 42 starting february 3rd how do, you, how do you feel about that right ready to rumble fit we're ready to go is back yeah we're super pumped like every time we do a 42 it's the best you know and i already know we got a bunch of people already ready to rock and roll Dude. like once we announce the start date and we got a good team yep. already unfolding. Our team's ready, pumped up, excited. It's like we just did it a few months ago, so like it's fresh in our minds. We know what to do and going to change some more lives. Yeah, four weeks till it starts. It's going to go fast, but yeah, man, so much fun. All right, so topic for today. So Ryan talking. We were catching up last week. And we're just catching up and. Ryan was telling me about his his break and he had some time off and he he's like, yeah, I had one of my episodes. And so one night, a couple of days, we didn't actually do too much because I was out of it. And I was like, oh, shit, because I'm very well aware Ryan has a condition that is very rare and unique to him and to most people that don't even know something like that this exists. And Ryan really went into some details of how bad it can be and I was like holy shit I've known Ryan for shoot like 15 years and I still didn't know this and then I was like wait a second you deal with this on the regular it's always mentally on your mind and our members and our listeners deal with so much stuff and this might be a a really like you as a leader and an educator and a, a mentor to so many people think that you have a lot this story and what you go through could really speak to some people that are going through their own things and help them along the way maybe inspire them and maybe give them some ideas or some mindset ways to think about their situation that you go through because um i think people know a lot of your people close to you or that that you have in your life and in the studios they know 
Rye, you do have a condition, yeah, but I don't think they know the extent of it. Like, mm-hmm. like you explained to me, they can't because I've known you forever, and I still didn't know. <laughs> I was like, oh, I knew that sometimes it can get as bad as like your like your eyes are paralyzed, your eyelids, and it can, it's hard for you to open up your eyes. I knew that, but then I didn't realize that it could be complete paralysis. You can't walk at all. And then the stuff you were sharing with me, I was like, oh my god, I didn't even know this. And I feel like other people could learn from it and relate to you and realize, and just, I think, I think it's just a good teaching time. So I asked Ryan, like, Hey Ryan, would you mind, would you mind talking about this? We were going to talk about like workouts and stuff. This, this, this episode, I'm like, we'll push that one to the future. Let's talk about this today where, um, you kind of explain your condition. I kind of ask you some questions about it. We can kind of just dive deeper on how you think about it because you're, what you go through is is difficult and you you handle it so well and so so well that most people have no clue about it. So Rock, can you just kind of break it down your condition and uh, just give us any details you can? Yeah, so it's called hypokalemia periodic paralysis, you know, and it's a genetic disorder. So it's something that runs in my mother's bloodline and has been genetically basically passed down. My mother has it, but in females, it doesn't really uh, impact them the way it handles the males of the family. And then my oldest brother, Nicholas, he has it, and then I have it. Um, And it onsets at different periods if you have, have, have the gene. And mine came on at 15 years old, you know, and for me, it's like, it's interesting because I never really do talk about it. I don't really acknowledge it uh, um, much, you know, like people know that I have it, but they don't really know what it entails or what it is and, and how I deal with it. And it is something I deal with every single day. Right. And like this last episode, it was during the break, it was like a Friday or like a Thursday someday. And I had woke up, my alarm went off and my alarm is in another room and I had, it went off and I always pop up super fast. So I pop up to go turn it off. And once I popped up, my legs hit the floor and then bam, I hit the floor. I, I felt like I fell out of bed and I was like, what the heck? Cause I'm still tired. I'm like, what's going on? And then I try to push myself up and then basically my legs were like 90% gone, like no strength. I mean, so like you have no strength to come up. So I really had to push myself up. And then as someone that has this disorder, I'm like, okay, so I've been going through it so long, I could kind of calculate where I'm at. And it was really weird because I'm like, I'm in the, normally I'll wake up in the middle of the night and I'll know something's up. This night, I just never, I didn't wake up. I had no sign. So I popped up and just went to usual and hit the floor. Uh, But once I got up, I was like, I have approximately about two hours before I'm fully paralyzed. I'm not going to be able to move this time because I knew I didn't catch it in time. Sometimes you could catch it. You could feel it because it's, it's a condition. It doesn't happen suddenly. It's a slow depletion of yourself. So you could kind of feel the, your body get weaker, 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 weaker until it's gone. But sometimes you could catch it. Most of the time I could catch it in the midway point and I'll be able to reverse it within, you know, six to eight hours. This one I set, slept through, so I didn't catch it fast enough. So I knew in my head, okay, you're going to be down, bro, you know, and I'm talking to myself and I let Dulce know like, hey, I'm like in the middle of it right now. This one's going to be pretty bad today. I'll probably be fully paralyzed in the next two hours, you know, and then 
I'll have to, if I could reverse it, I'll be back in about six to eight hours, you know, if I could flip it. Now, you always hope that you could flip it. You know, if you could reverse it, you'll, you're good. If you don't, you're going to end up in the hospital and there's going to be something more severe. I've been dealing with it so long that I haven't been to the hospital in forever. I usually catch it. I know how to flip it. I know how to navigate it. So I was pretty optimistic. I'll be able to handle this one, you know. And so I popped up. First thing I go to protocol is like, hey, get potassium in your system. And then you got to flood. You got to drink as much water as you can, you know. So that's what I did. Got potassium, basically doubled my dose, chugged a half a gallon of water, you know. And then I went to the restroom real quick. And then you have to get into an upright, comfortable position. Because once you go paralyzed, you're going to be stuck. So you want to be stuck in a, a decent position where your body feels all right, you know. So I go go to the couch, get into my position. And then you're just waiting for yourself to kind of like slowly, you're going to fade. All your strength's going to go. And that's what happened. So basically like two hours later, bam, completely can't move my arms, my legs, you know, it could barely turn your neck. You lose full strength of your body. You have no strength in your body, you know. And then you sit there and you hope because if you your potassium keeps going down, you could go into cardiac arrest. So your heart could stop, you know, if your potassium gets low enough. So that's why you have to get enough potassium into your system to start getting your strength back because your heart basically is ran through with potassium as well. So that's what I'm looking for is like, okay, within a few hours, I should be able to start getting some feeling back, strength back. And you'll start to feel it like I could feel it in my toes and my fingers. So that's what I'm sitting there. You can't move, but I'm like, at some point, my finger strength needs to start coming back, my hand strength. And that's what had happened basically like four hours later. So two hours, I'm completely gone, can't move. Then it's like, all right, approximately, let's see, hopefully within four hours, I'll be starting to get feeling back. It's weird, though, because you could feel you just have no strength, you know, so I could feel everything all touch is good. And then, yeah, so basically four hours, I could feel my fingertips start to feel good again, finger strength. So then you get optimistic. You're like, yes, all right, we're good. You know, like it's coming back. It's going to just be a few more hours, you know. And then this one, basically, it took about eight hours. And then I got my strength back. And that's when you could like, all right, you're, you could grip, you could stand, you could do this. But... Like as you're going through it, you're cramping and stuff too. So like just imagine you can't move and then you get a thigh cramp. Like it starts spasming and you can't really do anything besides endure the pain. So it's a painful experience too as you're going through it because it's dangerous to have low potassium. You start cramping and have that weakness. And then when you start to get back to normal and like I could get up, it basically feels like you worked out. Like you had an insane workout all your muscles because imagine you're weak and then you start to move in a weak state so it's like your muscles are pre-exhausted so you're pushing up and you're moving your body but it's not much to do but to your muscles it's so strenuous so when you start to get to move you feel basically like almost like your muscles pump up like crazy you feel like you're sore and then and, and then you start to get to move and function, but then you're like exhausted because your body just went through like a traumatic basically experience. So then I know the next two to three days, I'm going to be tired. I might be a little wiped out. I might not feel perfect. You know what I mean? But even though I'm moving and everyone sees me around doesn't mean I'm in an optimal state. But and I've been dealing with that forever. That's a bad case right there. That like rarely happens to me. 
the worst that it gets is say I caught it and I didn't get the filling back, then I'd have to go to the hospital. If you don't have a, uh, if you're not seeing improvement, then you need to rush yourself to the hospital because they're going to have to IV drip you like immediately. Because if you keep declining, like I said, your heart could stop. That's worst case scenario, you know. And so you have, to, I have to be really aware of my body and where I, where I am, you know, because I'll have to make that judgment call if I need to go do that, you know. And I haven't had to go to the hospital in a long time. I haven't had an episode like that in a long time because usually I catch it. This one, I don't know what had happened that night, but I was completely knocked out. And that's a worst case. And then some days, like a lot of days that I wake up, there's always a, a mild discomfort. You could feel the disorder, you know. A lot of it has to do with weather, like the cold. I hate the cold. That's why I live in the desert and love the desert. I'm like, love summer because I feel the best. Um, but lifestyle stuff too. Like I was telling Jer, I think the last six months has been different because I haven't been coaching as much. So coaching, you're always on your feet. You're always doing push-ups. You're always doing, you know, you're very active in the last six months. I've been more in the management side of the companies and the behind the scenes a lot and not really coaching as much. So for imagine that five years of coaching, basically every single day, staying moving. And now you're not doing that as much. And then I really didn't really think about that. Like, oh, this my lifestyle is shifting, you know, so I'm not moving as much, you know, and um, not being as active um, and may, basically too, maybe like the holidays, you're having a little bit of snacks here and there. I never really eat too poorly because food is a huge problem. Like sugar is like number one enemy for me and everybody's different with this condition too. Some people can eat carbohydrates at a high level and be fine. Um, I can't like really sugar is like, I stay away from it as much as possible. And if I do, I have to dilute it with a massive amount of water, right? So it's like if I have a little cake or something, it's going to follow up by like a half a gallon of water just to have that. And then you're paying, playing Russian roulette too with that stuff too. So every time I have like a snack or anything like that, it's I could have a trigger. I could have an episode the next day. You don't know, you know. Um, but lifestyle indicators are something you have to control. Your movement, I have to move a lot. So the more movement in my day, the better. Nutrition-wise, limit carbohydrates, limit sugar to as low as possible. You know, that's why I have more of a high-protein, high-fat plan as far as the way that I eat because I try to avoid the sugar or the carbohydrates. And then, like, alcohol is definitely, like, not a good thing as well. So you want to limit that. So basically the 42 lifestyle and the way we teach is the way that I live because it controls my condition and like I was telling Jer, like I never really, I always just wake up and in the first thing in my head is how I'm feeling. So when you have a disorder, like I could, I know we deal with a lot of people with disorders. It is top of mind all the time, right? For me, I've always, it's always been something I've handled by myself. Like I've never uh, burdened Dulce with it. I've never really burdened my parents or anybody um, letting them know how I feel. I just kind of like wake up, handle my, myself. And even if I have a mild situation, I just deal with it, you know, but we kind of wanted to share like, yeah, it's, these disorders kind of stay in your mind. And that's what it is for me. So every day I wake up 
everyone might wake up and be like, what am I doing for work today? What do I got all this? My first thing I do every morning is scan my body. As I analyze myself, how am I feeling? Let me, I got to grip my hands. How's my hand strength? How's my feet feel? You know, and then I'll be like, all right, can I do push-ups? Because sometimes it's isolation muscles too. It's like sometimes you'll wake up and your biceps are shot. Like you can't even curl or nothing, you know? And so I'm always scanning that. But the first thing I think of is how's my body feel? And really this lifestyle, like you guys might see me walking, you guys might see me eating clean, doing all this stuff. Most of those decisions are to control this. Like my number one enemy I got to beat every day of my life is this disorder, right? And that's kind of my mindset is like I need to conquer this every single day and do whatever it takes to stay in control of it. And a lot, it's so rare you don't really get educated on it, you know? So growing up, I had to figure out a lot of things like, oh, when I move and exercise, it makes me feel better. But all my doctors told me don't exercise, Right. But I realized like, all right, these guys are wrong. They're incorrect. The more I move, yes, there's levels to the strain. So like walking, doing some strength training and stuff like that is makes me feel better. Now, if I go run like a marathon, I could probably it's going to be detrimental. But I also learned how to do that. So when you guys see me do Spartans and stuff, I'm not supposed to do Spartans. They told me you'd never do stuff like that. But I learned how to um, control my potassium and how to load my potassium, how to eat properly to do events like that, you know, and take care of myself. So, and then as far as like nutrition and stuff, they didn't really give us advice on that at all. And I had to realize by trial and errors, like these foods really cause an episode, these foods don't. So I had to eliminate a lot of foods from my nutrition and basically come to a whole nutrient dense food way of eating just like we teach you guys is like dude if it came from the earth if it grew you know then you can have it but if it's boxed up if it's high processed foods if it's fast food anything like that you need to stay away from it and that's what I do you know and then anytime I do the opposite and I start to have some of that stuff I start to have problems you know so I really taking control of that drinking water and I had to just learn that stuff um as I grew up older and then kind of formulate my lifestyle around the condition, you know, and that's basically my, my whole condition, the, my whole lifestyle that I live is to combat the condition every single day so that I feel good and I could operate and I could do what I'm supposed to do, but it's always top of mind and in my, my head. Yeah. So you were, um, we were talking the other day and you, you were just expressing that, yeah, this last year was actually one of my tougher years with the condition. You said, I think you had three episodes. That was more than, more than a lot, more than years before. And then we were just trying to talk it through and we came to the conclusion that your lifestyle changed. Like you were like, when you train a lot, when you train like full time, you probably walk. I think yeah, I think like 20,000 steps a day mm -hmm. inside of your work. You're just walking person to person to person, walking around. You're just, as a coach, you just can't stay in one spot. You, there's so many people that need, at any time, there's five people. <laughs> there's, there's some people that need more weights. There's some people that are going to kill themselves in the corner. You're like, oh my God, I got to get over there. So you have to go all over and you're just getting so many steps in. Well, Ryan uh, had to uh, wean himself off of coaching this year and, and, and in order to help more of the studios 
So therefore, he's spending a lot more time at a desk, at a computer, going to meetings. But in the meetings, you're going to different gyms, meeting with the managers over there, but sitting in the meetings. And so there's there definitely was, even though his workouts and his walking still the same, just his normal work days have changed dramatically. It's like, whoa. So we had to figure out like, like, um, because I think it's a scary position to be in when you're like, that was weird. Why did that happen? Like Ryan, you had, like you said, you had a handle on this for so long. I got it. Well, now this out of left field, something happened. You're like, what the hell? I'm, I'm eating clean. I'm good. My, I'm, what, but what's going on? And then I think we, we kind of pinpointed the one, the one variable that changed in his life was his, his work type now. And so what, Ryan has to do is problem solve this like and he has to be aware of everything he eats and he has to decide like think about it guys think about it like he has to think all right if I do this I'm risking being paired like I'm picturing myself like I'm picturing imagine Ryan right now imagine him waking up and being like oh shit like I passed the point in overturn it's coming like almost like a like a hurricane when the hurricane was coming when we knew the hurricane was coming we got to like board up with sandbags and stuff and we, we knew that we we're gonna get hit like I, I picture like that's where you're like oh shit it's coming so you're getting prepared you're sitting on the couch you know like you're taking your medicine and you're just waiting and then it comes and you're like here I am and then you were you painted the picture right when you got your cramp, like we've all had like calf cramps and he said he gets thigh cramps, but like imagine not being able to rub your cramp out. You're just sitting there dealing with this cramp. And like that really left an impression on me. I'm like, dang, imagine that, like just battling. And then Ryan, what does it feel like to try to move and you can't? It's frustrating. You know, is it just meant, does it hurt at all? Or is it just mentally like your mind says, Hey, move that leg, but your leg doesn't move kind of thing. Yeah. It's just like that. Like, you're like, I want to do that, but I can't shift. I can't do anything. You know what I mean? Like you literally physically can't, you just can't have no control, you know? And that's the, that's the hardest part is like, shit, I want to do this but I can't. And then it's like your body might be in a bad position and you might feel like pain in your back and you can't even get out of it. So you have to deal with it, you know? And like, that's where it comes in too. Like I was telling Jared, like you feel, so when everyone sees me normally, it's like, I'm, I'm like a superhero. Like I'm physically strong, physically capable. I could do anything probably at a higher level than most people physically. And then this conditions like the kryptonite that takes all your power away. And then I'm super vulnerable, you know? And then it's like, Dulce is like my nurse who's like saves me, you know? And it's like, hey, babe, could you shift my body this way? Could you put this pillow under my head? And now it's like, she's my caretaker. So it's like these extremes, like you're very, like the be great and dominate to all of a sudden, no, you're not, you're not capable of anything right now, you know? And for me, that's frustrating too, because it's like, man, this condition really kind of sucks the power from you, you know? And it's like, you have to live with it though. And, um, yeah. So that's what I wanted to get to this podcast. I'm thinking when Ryan's telling me this, I'm like, man, I think we could really reach some people. A, paint the picture of like, what Ryan goes through on a day, what his mind is. And you know, Ryan, he's not a victim on anything. He like, I asked him to do this. So he's like, I really don't talk about it too much. I'm like, dude, can we? Because I think there's a powerful message here that, Hey, I need to, 
I need to plan. I need to think risk versus reward. I need to say, oh, I could, I could go drink this. I can go eat this. I can go be lazy on these days. But I, I think we, we said something that was kind of cool the other day. We said, like, you could either work out, hurt there, be like, it's uncomfortable. You don't want to do it. You're pissed off. Like, you're bo- like we don't. Even a week, guys, we, there's days we don't even want to work out too. We're like, oh, I do not want to work out. So you can either do that and, and, and be on your terms and do it or risk not moving and risk mm-hmm. his condition coming on and now it's out of his terms and now he's just at like, like just waiting for that to happen. So like it puts you more in the driver's seat. Like, no, I got to stay active. I got to do this. Mm-hmm. I got to be strong. I got to... I got to be active for me not to hurt. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's really the, uh, the aha moment. It's like, wow, that's, that's powerful because you, that, you don't like, you don't have to do this for like vanity reasons, but it's more like, I don't want to be paralyzed on my couch. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, and so a lot, a lot of people listening, your lives are nothing like this. Most likely, but we all get these decisions of this, what we want to do and the risk versus reward and how bad we want things. And it always helps to know what other people are going through because you think that it's so easy for these other people. Oh yeah. It's, it's, I'll never forget this. I know I've said in the past, but it's like the COVID, like people like, oh, I would be so fit if I had all the time in the world, just like you, because I have to work like bullshit. Most people, everyone during COVID had no work and most people did not get fit. It's just a <laughs> fucking excuse. You guys, we know people that just, they like to just say like, oh, you guys are, it's easy for you because you do, oh, you get up at four to work out at five. Yeah, I wish I could. I can't, but it's easy for you because X, Y, Z. No, no, no. I just decided mentally that th- I'd rather hurt in the gym than hurt outside of the gym and be in pain and maybe be my confidence or, or the way I feel about myself or, or just whatever. Like, I just think it's so powerful. This message with you, Rye is like, you've decided what you need to do to be in the condition you're the, the state you're in and what could happen if you, you dick around and you, and you don't do what you're supposed to do. And like, there's, there's repercussions for it. And I just think that so many people can get, their life and whatever they're working and working towards. And, and they know that if you, if you don't do things that you're supposed to do, you have a decision to risk versus reward or the, what are the consequences going to be if you, if you fall off and how you're going to feel about yourself. So it's not exactly with Ryan's good, like you being relating to Ryan, but it always, what I was getting at, it always helps to know what other people are going through and knew, know that Ryan is this guy that is in total control of his life and then there's sometimes he's not. And that's like, wow. Yeah. And you nailed it. It's like that, that mindset. Cause there's a lot, like I'm a part of like organizations, like periodic prowess organizations. And I would say I'm like the 0.1% who really takes full reins of the situation and says, I have to live this certain way to feel great. And then the others are like a victim, like, Oh my gosh, this happened to me. But then they still eat crap. They still, and they're doing all these things, you know, but like Jared was saying in my mind, the way that I think is 
you know, yes, I might have to work out two, three times a day. I might have to, you know, eat clean foods and drink water for months and months and months and not have cheat meals and not have alcohol and not have sugar and all that. And I have to do that stuff and really focus on that because it makes me feel how I want to feel, which is feel good and operate how I'm supposed to. And then the other side is I could cave to those temptations and not move my body and be lazy and, you know, eat crap foods. And then guess what? I'm in a different type of pain. I'm in real pain. So it's like, I'd rather have the pain of, you know, of working hard and, and pushing my body and taking care of myself and being disciplined than to be undisciplined and actually be hurting and be suffering you know, for throughout my life. So for me, it's, it's very easy to flip the trigger. I think too, sometimes I'm stubborn too, and you have to get slapped around a couple times to get back in order. Cause I'll do that where it's like, I'm grinding for so long and I'm doing it. And you're like, dude, I'm nothing could stop me. Look at me. It's been like freaking year since I've had a problem. Then you start to go down, maybe have a little more snack here, a little of this, a little of that. And then all of a sudden it catches up and it's like, Oh, boom, boom, boom. And then that's how it feels for me. So last time it felt like I got slapped around back to reality. You know, you're not invincible, dude. You're not like, get back to what you're supposed to be doing. Get back to the lifestyle, you know, you know, get back to the three days, get back to the months and months of clean eating and quit playing games, you know, and that's how I look at it. Like, Hey, sometimes it just takes getting slapped around for a second. And then I've been on point ever since. Like, all right, I'm not playing games. I told everyone around me, I'm not playing games. Like I'm not going to these events. I'm not doing this certain stuff. I'm going to be training morning, night, doing what I have to do. Cause I want to feel good, you know? And, um, that's the mindset I take is like every day it's really to, um, conquer this and to have control of this disorder and to feel good every day in my life. Cause I owe it to everybody. I owe it to my wife, my daughter. Like I don't want to go through episodes and for them have to see me like that and to see me in pain. You know, I gotta be there for Jerry. I gotta be there for the team. I can't be missing meetings and all this. I can't, I gotta be there for the team and get in there and, and be there with you guys, 42 universe and guide you guys. So it's like, if I'm not being my peak self, then I can't be there for the people that need me and I need to really be disciplined. And that's why like now it's like, okay, we solve the problem. Like I need to move a little bit more. So it's like waking up, getting up in the morning, get moving your body, you know, in the afternoon I work out at night, I do another cardio session, just stay moving. Like I'm not playing. I got all my food in order and I'm taking care of everything I have to eat. I'm eating. I'm not eating anything off of my meal plan. So just as focused as I tell you guys to get is the way I live my life, you know? And like, and, and the thing is too, like, I feel like everybody, like, I think my disorder is extreme, you know, but I feel like everybody has certain issues mine just like if you have a poor lifestyle for me i'm paralyzed you know but for others too like you might have headaches mm. that you know what i mean it might be migraines, a, migraines. you might yeah. have severe acne you might mm. have um just pain like inflammation in your body you know you might have stomach issues and like why is my stomach always hurting so it's like i get paralyzed but you get stomach pain you mm -hmm. get headaches right 
So I feel like, but what's the direct correlation lifestyle and the foods we're eating and the things we're eating? And I think mine is just a very severe case of what I get. But I feel like we all get certain things from not taking care of ourselves. And who, like, like I said, some of it might be stomach pain, headaches, whatever issues you guys are going through, analyze that and really think about your lifestyle and how that lifestyle could be um, correlated to the issue. Cause I, after having a condition like this for so long, I am so convinced that like sickness, disease, uh, illnesses, it's like, it's 99% related to lifestyle habits, like nutrition, like movement, you know, all of those huge. And once I incorporated movement and physical activity and proper nutrients into my body, I'm back to normal, right? I literally, I know it sounds like, oh my gosh, look at this stuff Ryan's going through. But it's like, guys, I am normal, 100%. I am normal if I do what the hell I'm supposed to do. The only time I'm not normal is when I'm acting a fool and not living according to what I'm supposed to do, you know? So it's like I have the choice to be normal and well, operate well. I'm just going to say something, right? You've found for you what you need to do. Yes, yes. So your normal has to be two, three days, two, three days of a day of working out. Yes. It has to be a workout, a couple walks. That's your normal. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. That's what it is. You could say, poor me. That's fucking not fair. That was cursing a lot today. Sorry, guys. I'm a little <laughs> passionate about this. You could say, um, you know, you could, you could be angry at it and not do it, but then you could be hurting. Mm -hmm. So your normal is not everyone else's normal. Two, three days, two, two walks a day and one workout, right? That's too much. But yeah, but that's what I need to do to be, to, to exist the way I want to. And we know from this, it's not just about the way he looks, he wants to feel good first and foremost for his family and his life. Be just do the normal things that that he wants to do in his life. Not not like bodybuilding competitions or anything, but just like be like how I feel every day without even thinking like this. So like I was just getting at like like for like I just go back to my 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 babysitter for years back that was so sweet and her her dad got his leg amputated from diabetes. She has diabetes. Her toe was turning black. And her normal was she can't eat sugar anymore. She can't do it. But she couldn't do it. She couldn't. She didn't end up losing it, but she still has a lot of problems with that big toe. But some people's normals, they have to change to and and it's not necessarily fair. It's not, it might not be other people's normal. And you look over and oh man, they don't have to do that. Or they don't, they're always, they look so good and weight doesn't stick to them. They can eat whatever. I'm sorry. That's, it's just, but we have to be self-aware to say, this is what I have to do. That other stuff wasn't serving me. So I just wanted to say, but like mm -hmm. with Ryan, he's identified what his normal has to be. Yeah. And, and, and that's not for everybody. And, but you have to decide what yours is. And, and then, figure out if it's worth it to you or if what what you want to do and it's so true right i if i don't drink enough water in the summertime i'll get a, a, a debilitate i don't i don't know if it's a, a, a migraine i just know it it wipes me out and i'm like i get this headache and i'm like oh it's directly correlated with water i'm like darn it and it sucks but i just know that was like no one's fault but my own like i have to drink a ton of water mm -hmm. and be on it or else i'm gonna hurt 
I don't know. How and to, it's how so true because like, like and, and that's how I feel like we all have something, right? And you have to find out how to combat it and then make that your normal, right? So like Jared knows when summer comes, yeah. he's going to get these debilitating probably migraines and then fatigue based off water. But he yeah. knows, hey, it's freaking water consumption. So when summer comes, it's like, dude, buckle yeah. up. You have to do this for yourself. You have to do this for your family. We need you operating how you're yeah. supposed to. So please drink your water. You know, just yeah. like for me, it's three workouts a day. It's no sugar intake. It's no fat. It's all that stuff. So for me to be normal, that's what I have to do. And I accept it. I own it. And that's and I'm ready to rock and roll. And like I said, I think all of you guys, if you have something, just analyze your life, you know, and you might have to troubleshoot for a while to really find what works for you. Cause like I had to do the opposite of what I was told, like work out. They told me not to work out. Like, what am I supposed to, and then when I would sit and stag, be stagnant, I'd hurt more. So it's like, no. So I found my own path, you know, and found what worked and now I just stick to it. And then it's cool. Cause it's like, now I share like my wife knows this stuff in detail. So she holds me accountable. Like, hey, dude, you got to get moving more. You got to get holding me accountable. Hey, you're having episodes because you're over here messing around. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, get back to it, man. Yeah. And so now I could jump back on it. And then it's cool because like, yeah, maybe like a regular household three times a day is is excessive. But my wife knows I'm doing it for me to operate how I'm supposed to, you know, Um when I say like, I can't go eat that food or I don't want that or no, I don't want to go to that party because of stuff and I just don't want to do it. Like they know why it's because I'm trying to control the variables I could control so I could live how I want to live, you know? And like I said, now I know what, how to be normal. So when things are kind of not going how I want, I have to go to the drawing board just like we did. It's like, Hey, what's going on here? Why have the last six months been more rough on you? nothing's really changed too much. And then it's like, oh, your life has actually changed. You know, you're more sedentary, you're more in the office, you know, things like that. Instead of getting 20,000 steps as a coach, you know, so now it's like I have to make those shifts. And then now we've made the shifts and I'm actually feeling good again, you know, and I'm rocking and rolling and everything feels normal. And now this is my new life. And then I keep going. Right. And, um, Hopefully you guys analyze yourself what issues you're having or problems you have and then find your normal. Find the variables that's going to get control of whatever you're going through so that you could live the life you want to live. You know, I think for me, it's like no one I never really talked about it because it's like I never really want to have the victim mindset. I just kind of figured out what I had to do and did it. But I think you know, as I'm expressing it and kind of like talking it through, I could see how a lot of people might pick up something from this and incorporate it and see how someone else handles a condition or a disorder, you know, because I know a lot of people in the 42 universe live with certain circumstances and maybe you don't know how to navigate them. And maybe this might spark something in your guys' head like, hey, I should try that you know what I mean and in order to get the outcome you guys want so and then also if you guys have anything reach out to me you know we could go into more detail I know there's a lot of disorders and things and honestly like I was telling Jared too I'm surprised I never really talk about it because it's honestly probably the hardest thing I ever have faced in my life is mm. is this disorder you know, I know a lot of people hear about my childhood and all that stuff, but I'll tell you guys right now, nothing has called caused me more physical pain, mental and emotional pain than this disorder to to face it every single day. It's 
it's the hardest thing I've ever had a battle in my life, you know, and I never really talk about it. And I'm, it feels good to actually talk about it and possibly help some people because I've learned how to navigate it, but it has caused a lot of issues with me, you know, and been very challenging. And it took a long time. It took about seven years to really master this. So from 15 to 22, it was a horrific period for me. You're talking oh. a lot of episodes, a lot of hospital. 15 to 19, I was in the hospital every few months because I didn't know what to do. Like I grew up in a household of McDonald's and, you know, you just eat whatever like my parents can afford, you know, and they didn't have money. So it's, there, there's no fruit. There's no vegetables. There's none of that. It's literally, you know, survival food, you know. So I'm growing up on ramen and all this and, and nobody's telling me that it's nutri nutrition. So that's how I really got good at coaching was understanding nutrition is trying to solve my own disorder. You know what I mean? And then over time, I figured it out. And from basically like 22, 20 to 22, I had like a good control of it, you know, but still problematic. And then since like 22, I've been, I, I own this shit, you know, I own this condition. I know exactly what to do. But those initial periods, years were really trying to learn a lot and go through a lot of pain in order to get to where I am today, you know. But I remember being really frustrated and I would cry, you know, I'd get emotional about it. Like, man, this thing hurts. This thing sucks. Can't do anything. You know, I remember waking up to go to class in high school and it's like, shit, man, crampy today, you know, and you go and there'd be some days, mom, I ain't going today, I'm not going to school because you got to, you're in the middle of an episode, you know what I mean? And then some severe episodes, it's like, damn, you're in the hospital, you know, and it, it just, but that was my learning experience. So, and that was the hardest phase was the initial phase of trying to discover how to control it when there was really no information out there on it, you know, but, uh, I always tell everyone, yo, you got any disorder, you got anything you're going through, start with your nutrition, clean that shit up, eat clean foods that come from this earth, clean it up number one and move your body, whether that's walking or just, you know, some weight training, but be active and eat super clean and you'll see your whole body shift back to normal. I'm really convinced that, no matter what you live with, you could shift it back to normalization if you are doing the proper lifestyle habits. Bye, man. Thanks so much for being open and sharing today. I, I think, uh, you know, it's really personal to you and, and I, I am thankful that you did it. You, you opened up to everybody and, and uh, I, I definitely know some people who get a lot from this. I know I did. And uh, thanks, man. Absolutely. You're welcome. See you next Thank week, you guys. guys. <laughs> Bye. Guys, thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Fit and 42 Life. You know, we all have people in our lives that we really want to help change, but they just don't listen to us. But maybe you can send them this episode and that would be all they need to help change and really make an impact on them. You know, thank you so much for all the support we've been getting from you guys. And remember, keep living the Fit and 42 Life.